have a nice bone, eh? It's a good lad. Come on now. Just ask at the ticket booth for the books of your choice, the 11 or the Deluxe 15. <laughs> Your attention, please. Last call for the Walt Disney World Railroad. And now, ladies and gentlemen, come with us to a world of joyous songs and wondrous miracles. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show. Your Walt Disney World Information Station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 520. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tour, blog, newsletter, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Ciao and welcome, as this week I invite you to join me and some other friends, like you, around the table at Maria and Enzo's Ristorante in Disney Springs. We not only step back in time to the golden age of air travel in this warm, wonderfully themed restaurant, but we gather around the table to share and savor in traditional Italian cuisine. We'll make our way through the entire menu from appetizers to dessert and everything in between, and discuss not just on our thoughts on where this restaurant ranks to us in Walt Disney World, but how it compares to an even tougher test, our Italian grandmother's home cooking. You may not want to listen hungry. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show, as I'll have more information about upcoming WW Radio Meet to the Month special events, Saturday night at Disney Springs, your voicemails and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Italian transplant from New Jersey that moved to Orlando, the best thing I ever did a number of years ago, the only thing I miss um, from New Jersey is the food, because I love Orlando, I certainly love being in the shadow of Walt Disney World, but what I don't love is sometimes you can't find really good bread, crusty Italian loaf of bread, good pasta, good cheeses. And I don't know why there is no Italian or Jewish deli anywhere in sight. So when a new restaurant comes to Walt Disney World, that by virtue of its name and its story and its origins and the parent restaurant company opens in Disney Springs, who has two thumbs and got really excited? This guy. Because with the opening of Maria and Enzo's in Disney Springs and a quick look at a sample of the menu not long after it opened, 
Uh, this is a dining review I have been looking forward to for a long, long time. And fortunately, A, I'm hungry, B, I'm wearing stretchy pants, and C, I have brought along two friends, well, three friends, really, to help me navigate, devour, and more importantly, enjoy the menu, because food is best when it is shared among friends. And I would like to introduce and reintroduce some returning and new people to the show. Uh, ladies first, Deanna Mangello, welcome back. Good evening. Thank you for having me. And this is a long time coming. We have known each other a long time. We have eaten and shared meals together on land and most recently at sea-ish, sort of, on Disney Cruise Line. I'd love to welcome Ashley Coggins to the table. Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be here. Excited to have so many awesome eats with you guys tonight. We realized we bonded in a big way the last two times we saw each other over food. And I said, how have I not had you on the show together um, to review food? And I know that this is very much something that's in your wheelhouse, as well as my next guest, because we we shop at the same <laughs> big and big and chubby <laughs> men's store. Our, our, our names end in a vowel. We are transplants from uh, from the Northeast. And uh, he is, you may know him as the Big Fat Panda. I know as John, him as John Sakari. Hey, guys. How are you? This is so exciting. Not just to be here with Lou, but I'm looking at food right now that looks amazing. Now, we have actually been here before, briefly. Uh, we came here right before the restaurant opened for a, a, a brief media preview where we were able to sample, and I'm using air quotes as if you could see me, sample a few things from the menu. And... Just to validate what I'm about to say, I may or may not have had 17 rice balls that day. As he walked in, people whispered, that's the rice ball guy. (laughs) It's funny because it's kind of true, but... We did, and, and we, you know, from the small no, sample... We, there's no I didn't eat that many rice balls. I wouldn't let you eat any. <laughs> but one of the things that I remember we remarked about as we were sampling was, like, wow, this is what we've been waiting for. This is sort of that really good Italian food that we've been waiting for. But I never, I never base a review on a preview like that. Um, Deanna Mangello, you are half Irish, but more importantly, you're a half Italian and... Like, that's one of the things that, you know, we, when we came down here, we have never been able to find sort of going out um, to eat. You know, there's nothing like eating, you know, food that's fresh made at home. But to sometimes, you know, in New Jersey and in New York, you would find those places, those sometimes those little out-of-the-way places where it felt like the Italian grandmother was coming out, the, the red and white checkered tablecloth, glasses of white water with no ice, and 18 pounds of pasta and fresh-made meatballs. So I do recall the stories of you going to your grandmother's basement every Sunday and having this enormous meal with your family. And I... Un- but wait, to be clear, at the time... Wait, we did. Wait, wait, so my grandmother lived in Brooklyn on Ocean Park. Wait, I need to fill other people in. They don't know the story. But back then, I was like... I was... Super. Didn't I didn't eat anything. You I was eat, super. You eat protein shakes. No, I tried because I had to try to. <laughs> I tried to gain weight because I never ate anything as a kid, and then all of a sudden, like one day, it kicked in and I got big and fat. But I'm sorry. I continue your story. And I can't believe that back then you weren't that smart because your grandmother probably made the most amazing rice balls in the world. Well, because you know, if you come from an Italian background, you'd go to your grandmother's house, right? You're, so you're nodding. So your last name is Coggins, but not 
originally? No. So my family's Italian. My mother and all of them are Gaglio Lopresti, so they're hardcore. My my mother's a third-generation Italian. So my grandfather came over here with $10 in his pocket and started a barber shop. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. I love that. But so, so you all, we all know the same thing. You'd go to your grandmother's house. Are you hungry? No. And she brings you, uh, you know, a plate of spaghetti, four meatballs, and a veal cutlet. Yes. And that's and you're supposed to eat it, or she's with right. You had to eat it all and clean your plate. Or no dessert. Or, or no, no dessert. dessert. And dessert right. is worth waiting oh, for. Dessert was always a big deal. Yes. I, I won't even get into the Brooklyn water and how it differs <laughs> from Florida. And, the, and, and the, the dough and anything related. Everything, everything. Listen, if anybody from the Northeast is listening, if you want to make a killing, you find a way to make good bagels, good bread and good pizza down here and right because we're all trans so many nobody actually grew up in Florida we're all we're all originally because where are you from originally from Long Island I thought everybody for Thanksgiving had lasagna and everything I didn't know they didn't <laughs> I had lasagna for Thanksgiving right? too. we had turkey and lasagna <laughs> there's always a pasta dish in every single holiday when you're Italian and I, so. thought, I thought antipasta came with Thanksgiving <laughs> right and, and there was platter. yes of yes we won't even get into the Feast of the Seven Fishes for Christmas oh, no. and things like that. So. That's for another show. It and is. what we're looking at now, you would say this is an antipasta? This is an antipasta. So as we, before we even started recording, like, I am super excited because I didn't have this. But this right here is all, like, I'm all about this. But wait, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, and I know we're hungry. This is where you see you guys are going to get frustrated because I talk too much <laughs> and we don't actually start eating right away. Because, wait, first I want to back up, just give a little bit of... Of um, a little sort of background in terms of where we are, because for those of you who may or may not remember, Maria Nenzelis was always not here. What was what was originally in this space? Was this the BET? What was in this space? The Adventures Club. This was the Adventure. I don't want to hear about that. (laughs) That's sad. It is sad, but you want to talk about utilizing a space and transforming it. So we are in obviously Maria and Enzo's. Which is a, a cavernous two-story um, space with floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking. Right now, the characters in flight balloon, a beautiful sunset on absolutely a picture-perfect Florida day. But this has been completely rethemed. I mean, really sort of gutted and rethemed to look like a 1920s airport. And guys, correct me if I get the story wrong, because everything, even Disney Springs, is based on story. Marie and Enzo were two Italian immigrants that came over here and ran a bakery inside the airport, airport slash seaport. When the seaport closed, they opened up the pizzeria outside, the Pizza Ponte Pizzeria, uh, and then they took the profits from the pizzeria, bought the now-abandoned airline terminal, and turned it into Maria and Enzo's. Sounds about right. Didn't Enzo become a criminal and do the hideaway? No, they realized <laughs> Enzo's not a criminal. No, and th- what? No, no. They what they well, found we out what really happened. Enzo was not. A, wait a minute, stop. Enzo was not a gangster or a rum runner, but but there were people during Prohibition that used the tunnels underneath, and then after they bought the restaurant, they discovered these tunnels, which happened to lead into the Edison right next door, and they turned that into Enzo's hideaway, which is a whole separate review. For a whole different day. Enzo's in jail now. We'll just put it like that. <laughs> Enzo's not in jail. Enzo's a good guy. And <laughs> they just delivered bread. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> anyway, Enzo's not in jail. He's a good guy. And look, I love the fact that um, even, you know, again, these restaurants are owned by a third-party company, the Patina Group. 
but they also understand the importance, especially for us as Disney guests, the importance of story. When you go into Hideaway, you really see story there. And even here, you really get a sense that this was that uh, I love the art deco and the uh, the decor throughout the restaurant, throughout this entire space. So you really feel like you're in an airport, acoustically-wise also, because... Not like, not like a Jersey airport, no. but like a nice airport. Like a really nice airport, right. Um, they, like no, we're not at JFK or LaGuardia, no. No, or Newark, for that matter. But, you know, you do, you really have that sense of airport terminal, you know, loud, you know, crazy people, you know. You fit in, you fit in just fine. <laughs> it's wonderful um, a compliment to the heyday of travel, when traveling was luxurious, and you got dressed up to get on a plane, and there was first class lounges. My mom was a Pan Am flight attendant back in the day, and she would tell me she would make breakfast for the passengers in first class with her white gloves on. So this, she would absolutely love. You can see all the fonts of Art Deco, all the bright colors, everything is luxurious and beautiful, and you really feel like you went back in time for a moment. Yeah, I think you can really say it's open, and it would definitely be the luxury time of travel, not what we think of today as travel. Yeah, it's very pretty. I like it. And I love the details in terms of the storytelling. So if you look up, there is a, uh, a huge globe hanging from the ceiling. Ashley, I heard you remarking as you walked in, there are three points on that globe that signify? Disneyland, Disney World, and Missouri, where Walt was born. And if you look very carefully... Um, on the perimeter of um, sort of that, that the set-in ceiling, you'll see Bahamas, Daytona, Nassau, Cuba, Mexico, New Orleans, New York. All of those are geographically correct on the compass. So if you were to continue that way, John, you would actually end up in the Bahamas. Very cool. I like that. <laughs> or New York for, for, you know, good pizza and bagels. So... Again, the, the theming is wonderful. There's also, and we'll maybe stop in there later on, there's a first-class lounge yes. when you first walk in. I do think the main dining room just feels nicer than the first-class lounge. No? You're just jealous that you're not in the first-class lounge. Pro- probably. If I was in there, I probably would have Don't justified, hate, right. justified how beautiful it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you got all dressed up thinking you were going into the first-class lounge today, and, you know, they saw us coming, and they did. But you can dine in the first-class lounge, and from what I understand, they will randomly select people, just like in the airport, they will randomly select people for a first-class upgrade, and they will bring you into the lounge, and there's sort of a little something special that goes on there. They do like a frisk and a security check, and you take your shoes off? No, there is no security check. You, you just said randomly check like the airport. That's what I think. No, randomly upgraded. You're oh. randomly upgraded. Okay. <laughs> so, can we briefly go through the menu before we start actually digging in? I'm getting, they're looking at me like, how dare you, Mangello? So let's sort of break this down. And look, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you all here is not just because you are my friends, and again, food is best when it's shared, but you, we all love to eat. You also have a culinary background as well. Yes, so I have a, um, a, let's say, how do you say, a sous chef in a way, where I've been an apprentice. When I was paying to go to college, I worked in a restaurant, and one of the stars, chefs from the back... He always worked the line, and he was the head executive chef and took upon me to help me learn how to properly cut up meat and work a line and make pastry. And I was very lucky to take lessons with him on Saturday mornings to learn how to cook well. Not only that, but my nanny did too, but he helped out a lot to make it more official. Nice. I'm so excited. So let's sort of quickly go through the menu. We'll sort of break it down, and I'm going to apologize in advance to you at the table and you, who, my friend, the listener, who is in that fifth seat with us, um, 
I am Italian. I took two years of Italian, and my Italian is awful. So I'm going to mispronounce probably 93% of everything on there. I know, but it's still not going to come out of my... In my head, it sounds right. It's not going to... The the servers, by the way, all of whom are Italian, they have nice accents. So let's start off with one of my favorite parts, which is the antipasto and the soups. There's arancini de carne. More importantly, they're rice balls stuffed with meat ragu and mutadel. Those come in at $14. I, I was not kidding that I had 17 bite-sized rice balls. But is that something you guys all grew up now with? they're two big ones, yes. My mother never made them, though. That, was that a thing that people made? Oh, yeah. We have them on Easter all the time, and they were like the size of softballs. Okay. Yeah. My mother never made those. And she made confusing things. I think it was just a hard thing to make. <laughs> but this is, and this is exactly how my grandmother made them. She made them with um, the meat ragu. Sometimes there was peas in them. There's also... Prosciutto de Parma, which is a 24-month prosciutto. That's $19. I know it's right in front of me. I'm getting right to it. I'm reading as fast as I can. I'm not going to bother trying to read everything in Italian. Um, the calamari. How do you say? The, Galamad. You, Galamad. Galamad, right. It, it's Galamad, which is fried calamari with hot peppers, spicy tomato, and aioli at $16. There's a cacciavallo, frito, fried Sicilian cheese fritters with spicy tomato sauce at $13. And there's also a seasonal vegetable and cannellini bean soup. Zuppa, how do you do it? Pasta fazul. <laughs> yes, by the way, that other Frito thing is kind of like a mozzarella stick. Exactly. But it's smoother. But the pasta fazul, that stuff is good. When they say fagioli, I cry. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? It's gnocchi, not gnocchi. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a salumi or fromaggi, which is $18 per person, which is, I think, what we have in front of us right here. There's 24-month cured prosciutto, which... Which makes a difference. Like, the older is right, so you're saying yes, right? Yes, so the the older the cheese gets, the more the flavor and panel of what they're trying to have come out. That's why you'll taste different nutty flavors, smooth flavors, sharper in the cheese. So every time it's aged, depending on that, we'll tell you what different flavor it would be. Our server will say it in the correct way, but basically it's a giant plate of meat and cheese. And this, for me, and Deanna, you know, like, when the holidays come... This is, you don't actually make it to the table. This never makes it to the table because you're standing in the kitchen around the island, up at the counter, and as it's being sliced, you know, it's coming right off and it's going right, it, it, right into your mouth. You're eating it right from the knife. Like, we don't, we just all stand in the kitchen around the landing and just eat. And we dip in really good olive oil and... It's so good with good bread, and my mother-in-law usually comes with this great bread from New Jersey that just is so scrumptious. Oh. And artichoke hearts. And artichoke hearts. Oh, my gosh. And the olives. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the olives. Oh, yeah. So there's four different salads. There's a Caesar salad, a burrata salad, a, a Pugliese salad, and an, a finocchio salad, which is orange, fennel, arugula, olives, lemon, parsley, and pistachio. The Pugliese is a frise with crisp pancetta, which is like bacon, uh, cacciata, poached egg, mustard white, balsamic dressing, and the burrata is uh, cherry tomatoes and basil, $18. Uh, why, don't, why don't you take us through the pastas? Okay. So the pastas, we got meze rigatoni alla norma, which is eggplant, chili, tomato, ricotta salada. And then we have spaghetti alla chitara, which is burrata, which is its form of uh, mozzarella and meatballs. 
And then the busate con gorachitno is a spiral-shaped pasta, lump crab, yellow cherry tomato with a little bit of parsley on top. That sounds delicious. It does. And the non casasiata al forno, which is a classic Sicilian layered baked pasta, meat ragu, peas, zucchini, charo vegetalo, cheese. And that's it. And those, <laughs> And those all come in between about $24 to $27. I can tell you, other than the media event, I was I hear, was here one day for a lunch meeting, because if you have a meeting with Lou Mangiello, we're going to eat. I will tell you that the classic layered baked pasta was, it's like a lasagna. It weighs about 11 pounds. Like that. Oh, it's so good. It's all different shaped pastas all in there, much with that sauce and cheese melted on top. Mm. Which I kind of like, because it reminds you of like being at your grandmother's house, and she doesn't have this one. She just takes whatever she's got, and she puts it all together. Deanna, why don't you take us through the meat and fish? Oh, are you sure about that? No, I'm not. But... Okay. Spada, which is grilled swordfish steak. Try not to put out... If you need help. <laughs> with a sal morgano sauce. Tono which is a grilled ahi tuna steak with pis, uh, pistachio pesto. Biscadia, which is a 28-day aged ribeye. And a strip steak, which is a boneless New York strip steak. And filetto, which is beef tenderloin. They all range between $29 to $40, which is the beef tenderloin. Thank you. And uh, Panda, I'm going to give you the Parmigiana because there's lots of big Italian words there, and I know and I know you're a big fan of the Parmesan. We'll, we'll try. We got polo Parmigiana. It's a chicken of Parmigiana, bread and breast of chicken, tomatoes, and a mozzarella. Then I don't know about this one. Nodino di vitello, breaded veal, chopped tomatoes, mozzarella. Thirty-nine dollars. By the way, the first one was twenty-nine. You get to veal from chicken, you go up ten dollars. Is this melanzane? Am I saying that right? Okay. Eggplant, tomato, parmigiano-reggiano, mozzarella. $23. What is melanzane? Oh, eggplant. It's not meat. It's eggplant parmesan. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a good eggplant, by the way? And there's also a number of sides. You can get a side of spaghetti with tomato sauce, sautéed forest mushrooms, roasted seasonal vegetables, and parmesan fingerling potatoes. So we'll have to start. I'm I'm sure we'll have to figure out what we're going to get. But why don't we start off with a little antipast? It's been sitting here staring at us. We have to say that what's in front of us would probably feed most people for a week. Or Lou Mangiello for 15 minutes. One of the two. Uh, and this is my, like, I could do this all night long and not have to worry about anything else. So, Ashley, I'm going to tell you, I'm, since this is your first time with us, um, the basic general rule is this. You go shy, you go hungry. So don't wait. Just dig in. Manja. Pecorino there? Romano cheese, which do you know the Locatello Pecorino Romano, the best it tastes? Hold on, I'm gonna try it. Oh my god. And that's a it's, it's a generous huge, there's three huge hunks. And I am definitely eating this hunk. Oh my god. Mm. Oh that's the best. I think I could I think I could eat just cheese. Is that a meal? Just cheese? But this could I mean this could be a meal. There's so much here. Yeah. But this cheese. And the bread. Oh, my God. I'm not even getting to the bread yet. I want to get, don't get filled up on the bread. But I have to compare. But the cheese, she's right. There's that, there's that um, earthy nuttiness to it. Ladies, you're missing out. This, that is the best. You're so busy taking pe- pictures. That's the best Pecorino Romano I've had. And I'm you can eat it. Yeah. it it's, there's a sharpness to it, but not so much so 
that it's off-putting. Right, right, right. right. And I like that. I little, like a little bit of um, the sharpness in the cheese. But what's even better is you cut a little piece off like this, and then you take that, put some of the meat, and you roll the meat around it. Ladies, you are missing out on some of the most delicious cheese I've had in ages. Eat the cheese with a piece of salami. Right? Try the pecorino. Try the... Try that. Yeah, take the big one. Go ahead. Oh. Oh my god. It's salty and nutty and delicious. So when my mother-in-law comes from New Jersey, she usually brings this big Tupperware from one of the delis, and it's this pecorino romano cheese. It is so salty and nutty and delicious. I have to say, a piggyback right off of that. Perfect. It's Mm. totally salty and nutty. It's flaky, and it has this a great flavor that just covers your whole tongue. That you're like, I just want to keep eating more and more. It's rich, and I mean, there's a creaminess to it that almost sort of like you said coats your tongue. But you can eat this all by itself, yeah. or you can take a little piece of this and then cut off a little piece, and then you roll it together. This is almost like this is this is antipasta 101. You take this and you wrap it like this. Ashley, you're being way too dainty. You've got just... No, no, just she, re- she really is. Ashley is cutting the cheese into little pieces. Wow, cute. nice. <laughs> really, I'm a savage, I swear. Mm. I'm not going to be that nice when it comes to that cheese. So oh. which, which um, meat was the... Right, the red one. So that's the... So the, the one in the middle is one that's a little spicy. He described all those um, different ones to us. Mm. I'm scared of this, but I'm going to try it. Oh, Don't be scared of anything. It's a little mild. It just looks good. Yeah. Do you, now, do you, are you a spicy person? Sometimes, yeah. No, I like spice. This one? This one. Mm. Really good. Oh, it's like a pepperoni kind it of. It is. Yeah. It is a baby pepperoni. There's a oh. little bit of, yeah. No, no, it gets more of a kick as you go. Kick on the way. Yeah, 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 okay. I like it, though. With a piece of cheese, mm. the prosciutto is phenomenal. I mean, the prosciutto, it, it, you can tell that's been aged well. Everything is light. It's so thin. I love when they do it razor thin like this, so when you take a bite, it almost melts in your mouth. And that's exactly it. It literally does. I'm going to have it without any cheese because it, it's delicious. Thank you. And this cheese is phenomenal. Which is your favorite? I love the Oh, you do? Okay. That'll be my next one. Right. Let me know. Okay. I'm thinking of lying and telling them we didn't get any Pecorino Romano, <laughs> just so they bring more. There's a lot. I mean, I there's know. a lot. Now, there really is a lot. So I think one of these can easily be shared by four people. Or I think it says minimum order, too. Right, so you order by the number of people, right. You order by the number of people. Oh, does it say? No, I put, oh. So you can order one of these. It's, a, it's an order for two, right. Okay. This is the front, yes. It's $18 per person. With a minimal order of two. You need to try the Fontina. I just didn't. Wait, which one's Fontina? The square one. The long square one. And what's this one? I can't help eating this more and more and more. It's like, to me, this is like a perfect snack even. For at home, I love having this. I love having it be different sorts of meat and the cheese, and each one just pairs so perfectly together in each series. It doesn't matter. You can't mess it up. Each piece, you just try each out. Don't be afraid to make combinations, and it's fun if everybody just practices which ones they like the best. Like, if I could just find a way to get on my little couch at night in my stretchy pants with my big comfy blanket and pillow 
put on an Avengers movie or Spider-Man and have this just like appear right in front of me, that would be a perfect night. Like this is a perfect snack. So this cheese in the middle here is the fontina, and it's very smooth and light. It actually is delicious with the the salami. I mean, it's but it goes it goes well without. It's so creamy. That is such, and there's no sharpness to it. Yes, we're talking about the fontina one. Yes, it's very light, very smooth. It's almost like a provolone a little bit. Some people who don't know are provolone, as everybody else says. So there's also some uh, pickled vegetables on the side. And what did he say? This it's a fruit. It's like a, it's a preserve. It's a preserve. And what do you put it on? You put it on the bread? Wait, so wait. Here's the real barometer. Everybody take a piece of bread and let's sort of compare it to what we're used to. Oh, we're being directed to bread now? Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even think of it, but since you said it... So it looks like there's two different types of bread. There is a, like a crusty Italian bread, and then there's also... That's a little bit different. That's, that bread's a little bit different than this bread, yeah? Oh, my goodness. It's a really good olive oil. spicy jelly? Yeah, that's so weird. Okay, so I smell my food sometimes before I eat it. I've been doing that since I was two years old. And you smell this, and you smell this, like, sweetness to it, almost like a jelly. And then it plays a trick on you when you go to eat it, and the oh mustard God, spice see. comes out, so it's like almost like a trick fruit. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's spicy on the way out, fruity on the way in, and it goes back and forth like an everlasting gop stopper. There you go. That's insane. It's like adult smuckers. What is that? It's really good. I have never had that before. You're, that's it. It's mustard and jelly, which sounds gross on... Oh, is that what it is? Mustard fruit. It's mustard it's, fruit. It's, you could taste the mustard now, right? I love it. I taste it. I really do. It's so cool. Totally Dijon mustard. I love it. But it's here. sweet. It's There's a sweet and a spicy yeah, to it. It is mustard. It. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Until really they said mustard, I just got spice. But once they say mustard, now it's really mustardy. See, it flips back and forth between sweet and savory, sweet yeah. and savory. It's amazing. It's so strange. Sort of where it hits on your palate. And then we also have, there's also breadsticks here. See, I could come here at night with friends yeah. and just get a couple of these, maybe a rice ball or six, and it's, that's a... And, and that's a picture of sangria. It's perfect. So you have an Italian sangria? It's fruity. It's got a ton of fruit in it. So do we still have, a, do we still have the, the, the bar menu? So there's a separate menu, a separate, huge, two-side wine and cocktail menu which would take me about 40 minutes to read them all. There are classic cocktails, probably about 25 different beers. There's family-style drinks for the entire table that serve about three to five people. You're having the Roman sangria. There's also uh, a number of different cocktails and mocktails, seasonal cocktails, non-alcoholic drinks, specialty Italian waters. So if you've ever had San Pellegrino or San Benedetto. And then the backside, there's an entire... Wine, I mean, there's got to be a hundred wines on the wine menu by the glass as well as by the bottle. So, I also want to tell you that there's a sommelier that walks around all night. So, if you have any questions about a wine or a glass by the bottle, she helps you out with everything and she's fabulous. I would like the antipasto sommelier to keep coming over and bring in some more of this. This is, I mean, and we haven't, we've been eating nonstop and haven't really put a dent in this. So, I ordered the red sangria. And what I like about that sangria is sometimes it could be overly sweet. 
This one is not overly sweet or overly dry. It's actually right in the middle. Um, there is a lot of fruit, so it has a little bit of, um, it has a nice kick to it. Did you see that Sicilian blush? Did you read that one? That one sounded really good. Oh, you're talking about a person? Like, did I see no. the Sicilian blush? That would be or... me. That would be me. No, no, did you get, where's that, that menu again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, Sicilian blush. Listen to this. I might try this. Blood orange juice, pomegranate juice, lime, mint, simple syrup, and club soda. Doesn't that oh, sound good? They also have, so that's a mocktail. They also have a Sicilian mule. There, is that what you have? Ashley, what do you have? That could be me, too. <laughs> so what is that cocktail? I, let me see this menu again so I can look at the name so I have it all correctly. Where is it? I have a Sicilian mule. It's $14. And it's uh, Caravella Orancello, Tito's Vodka, and some Q ginger beer. And it's very refreshing, like a summer's day. If you like drinks that are not too sweet... But have a little zing of citrus, high citrus notes, really good on the palate, very smooth, very clear, and you just want to keep muddling that mint to keep the flavor going. Ashley has really good descriptions (laughs) that make me feel inadequate when I go, yummy, good. (laughs) So while we're still digging in, what do you guys think about for for dinner? What, What sort of jumped out at you? So, Panda, you've eaten here before. And, and the chicken parm was amazing. And originally I said, let's do that again. But then when you told me they had lasagna, which I didn't see because it's not named as lasagna, layered pasta. Now I'm thinking about that. So, and, and I think, look, to be clear, like, when somebody who is used to having, like, homemade chicken parm goes to an Italian restaurant and says, you've got to try the chicken parm. Yeah. No, no. Like, that carries a lot of weight to it. I don't mean you carry a lot of weight to it. I mean, <laughs> what I mean is, I mean, it carries a lot of weight because... You know, a lot of times you go out and it's not like you have at home. It's not like your grandmother made. But the barometer also of this place was the tomato sauce. When you taste the tomato sauce that isn't fake, that it's a really, you could tell it's a fresh tomato sauce, you know the quality of everything else. And that's what made the pasta and the chicken parm. That sauce is, it was amazing. All right, let's talk about appetizers first. We got to get rice. I mean, rice balls, it's it's a no. And... How close are we? Could we share a pasta fazula? You don't think they would? <laughs> it's a little weird to share a soup, but we could share a soup. I mean, I'm, you know, we'll get a pasta fazula. Them for different bowls, and we could try. Maybe they'll. We're all family here. What else? Okay, so what do you what are you thinking? What what sort of jumped out at you? Okay, so I'm actually Ashley and I both looked at the same thing, but we're going to get two different things so we yeah. can try. Of course. <laughs> so I was looking at the Boste con Granchio. Which is the spiral-shaped pasta, lump crab, yellow cherry tomatoes, and parsley. I think that sounds so delicious and refreshing. Like, I'm so in the mood for... And I love seafood, so... And then for me, I also love... I love eggplant. Love it. And my mom makes it for me all the time. That's like my go-to comfort dish. So, for the Meze Rigatoni alla Norma, which is the eggplant, chili, tomato, and ricotta salada for $24. It's screaming my name. So I'm smiling. You can't see, but maybe you can hear it because you guys ordered the exact two things that you were supposed to order in my book <laughs> because we're going to get a chicken parmesan and we're going to get the cacciata al forno. Oh, yeah, the lasagna and the oh, chicken yeah, parmesan. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that's a good start. I think that's a good start. I think we can both split them. I'll give you half of my chicken parmesan. We're, we're all, listen, the forks are, are going to be flying tonight. 
Um, so I think that we know what we would like to have. Okay. But I'm going to look at your face as I order to see if I'm ordering the right stuff, all right? Because we're all going to share. And I, I don't want to pronounce it in front of you because my Italian is no, no, awful. You have to say it, otherwise I cannot take you. <laughs> he said you have to say it, otherwise I cannot take the order, sir. Okay. Cusiate con... Granchio? Granchio. Oh, my Italian teacher's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> and cassiata al forno? All right. All right, so far so good. Pollo parmesan? All right. And what was the other one we were getting? I forgot. Um, wait, we ordered the pasta with crab. The... She wants oh, you want the... The mezza rigatoni alla norma. Rigatoni, all right. You have to order the appetizers, too. Oh, oh of course. Uh, arancini de carne? And a pasta fazul. A pasta fazul. That's how I'm going to say that one. And if you could bring four spoons, please. Thank you. So, how? Not my Italian, not my pronunciation, but how did we do in terms of what you like and what you recommend on the menu? What I come from the south of Italy. I come from Naples. So usually in Italy we we eat a lot of seafood. So if today you feel like from the pasta, I suggest the busciate. If you are more for like a protein, I suggest the tuna over everything. Or the tuna or the spada. Between tuna and spada, which is a swordfish, I suggest the swordfish because it comes with a beautiful dressing which is made with oil, garlic, black pepper, salt and lemon. And we usually eat as well for clean the greasiness of the fish. All right, for next time. Oh, he, <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm a tuna guy. I could eat tuna for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snack. And the, the tuna is a grilled ahi tuna with a pistachio pesto. And it's a fresh tuna. It's fresh tuna. You can get whatever you want, but I don't know. What are you going to delete is my question. I know. I'm going to be... No, I can... That's five entrees. I mean, oh, no, I hope you're fine with splitting because you're going to split. Just, this is your first time. Just to let you know, you're going to split. Get a tuna put in the middle and try it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Get a tuna, try in the middle? All right. All right. Nothing will go to waste. And would you like the tuna to be good? Rare, please. Is that the, right? That's the correct way, yeah? Rare, rare and medium rare. So we're going to start with the soup and the, soup and the arancini to start. And after, we're going to move to the main, right? Love it. May I ask just if you have any allergy or dietary requirement? Look at me. Does it look like I have any allergies? <laughs> me neither. I'm allergic to being hungry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Lou said I'm allergic to being hungry. Mm. So we have Parma ham, aged 24 months, right? We have finocchiona with fennel, salsa, with fennel seed, so you're going to taste the taste of the anise. And you have spicy salami. Here we have pecorino, fontina from Val d'Aosta, and grana. On this side, we have mustard fruit, which is an Italian preparation made with fruit, with real fruit. It's wheat, it's not salty. And with, usually with the cheese, piglet vegetable, and bread sauce. All right? Enjoy. Thank you. Mm. I almost want you to hear me chewing the bread because it it's, it's perfect. Right? Also, you have to see Deanna's face eating the bread stick. Now, it, it, these are breadsticks from Italy, and it, it, this is also from Tutto Gusto. We should say Patina Group, the same people that own this place. They are absolutely epic breadsticks, and I don't know why. They're called Grissini Torinisi Pandor, Pandior. It looks like Pandora. Ask Ashley. <laughs> what is this? Let me see. I need to read the label. Oh, taste this. So, so these breadsticks, too? 
Pandora. Not, not, not the world of Avatar. The Avatar, the world of Pandora, the world of breadsticks. But did you taste it? Ah, ah. And crunchy. You can and dip this in the mustard fruit. I'm dipping Whoa, it in the olive oil. Oh, wait, where, where's the olive oil? Right here. Okay, I ate it. I ate it. No. Right. So, and you dip it in the olive oh. oil, and the salt is perfect on it. And if you dip it in the mustard salt stuff, uh, mustard, what is it? Jelly? Fruit? I'm saying salt. It is the perfect little bit because you only get a little bit on the stick, so it's perfect. That's really good. Yeah. If they sold these like in a bag like Doritos and some of this, do they really? I need to get some of this at home. So as the waiter is talking about the mustard fruit, he says, we use it to clean, and he has a strong accent. So what I heard was, we use it to clean the kitchen in the back. And, and I looked like, oh, my God, it's delicious. No, we use it to clean the palate, and that makes sense. My palate is so clean and so tasty. This is, this is really, really nice. Like, I can see myself coming back just for this, just for this like, yeah. late night or... I'm with you. You grab a little snack and you guys, you know, pick whatever flavors you want from, you know, whatever meat and cheese together combinations. And then you head out for cocktails and make your way around the late night at Disney Springs. And then take a big, long nap. And look at all the cheese we still have left, too. I'm so excited. I'm All right. So first things first. We just, we're still devouring... Because I'm trying to pace myself. I could do... Uh, so. I'm still eating everything. But we just got our pasta fajol. You know, the first thing we do, we, we eat with our other senses before our taste. So it's how it looks. It, it's how it smells. You just said when, he, when the, the server put it down, you said, I've had pasta fajol in my day. And then I didn't hear anything else except the spoon hitting your plate because you dove in so fast. Okay, now this one technically we shouldn't call it a pasta fazool because there's no pasta. But it doesn't need it. And it's real. It's delicious. There's vegetables and be- and beans in a tomato base. It is not overly salted because it's fake. You can tell it's fresh. Uh, I want good words like Ashley to describe it <laughs> instead of just saying how it's good. No, but it tastes fresh. The beans are not... Uh, software, they've just stayed there and cooked for too long. The, you can taste the carrot, actually, which is weird, which means it's all fresh. It's a wonderful soup. It's awesome. My mouth is full, sorry. So I'm a big, I love cheese. So they also bring around this wonderful, freshly grated Parmesan cheese that you can put on top of this decadent pasta vajol, which I shouldn't be calling it pasta. But the beans are cooked to perfection. They are not soggy. They are not crunchy. They are al dente. They are perfect. Also, the vegetables are the same way. They were sautéed, you can see, in, in a delicious, you know, either olive oil or butter. And they're cooked perfectly. They're not crunchy. And, it, and it's almost like, it's almost like a stew. Like, it's not a, it's not a thin soup. If there's, I mean, there's a lot of, of substance to it. It's a hearty stick to your ribs. Yes. Everything about it, well, the soups, I know this sounds cheesy, but I believe in, it's called um, mise en place, which means all of the chefs have cut up the vegetables to the same size. So each bite you take, the carrots, the beans, everything is put perfectly, the onions. Um, If you're not a big onion fan, they're sautéed so light and thin that they're going to float, so you won't taste the onion flavor as much to be overpowering. It just adjusts perfectly to to the consistency of the soup. I agree with Panda that 
the, the macaroni, the didellini, it's missing from it. You don't even need it. I think it enhances the soup to get the beans and gives it a more stick-to-your-ribs kind of flavor. So I took a bite, and I took another one, and there's something very comfortable about this soup. It's a, it's a comfort food. Even though it's a warm day outside, there is. There is something very sort of wonderful. It's like a hug. It's like the soup. This is, is an Italian hug, yeah. It is. It's a nice... Italian hug without all the guilt afterwards. So I would say this is probably a health food, and I'm not kidding about that one. This is healthy. Right, because there's beans in it, so it's got to be healthy. That's all you need to know. And again, we are not doctors or medical professionals, but but this is But wonderful. this can cure some colds, I bet. But this Italian. with the antipasto. Italian penicillin. <laughs> it's wonderful. This is the perfect I can tell because you guys are all finished already. I can practically So here we have the arancini di carne, it's a rice balls on a bed of marinara sauce. The rice inside is seasoned with saffron and onion. There is meat ragu made with veal, pork and beef, and the cheese inside is cavallo from Sicily. Alright? Buon appetito, enjoy. Thank you. I want you to think about the Indiana Jones music when he goes to get the idol in the beginning. That's what should be played watching probably me and Lou go for these rice balls because they are as epic as the idol. Okay, so next on the hit parade are the arancini de carne. They're fried rice balls stuffed with the meat ragu. If you've never had it before, you don't know what you're missing. You, you, as you heard, they are, they're two. They're about baseball size. Uh, this is, again, something perfect for sharing, although I was a little disappointed that I had to share. This is not perfect for sharing. No, but for normal people, like for the average person, this is good for sharing. This is divorce material if you steal. <laughs> so just as we cut them in half, um, I shed a tear because I had to give my half away, but there is that wonderful, like, crispiness on the outside, and you can see just that, that warm creamy inside. Give me give me some thoughts. The art of frying. How beautiful. Crisp, golden outside brown. Gives that perfect giveaway when you go almost like a creme brulee where you crisp down and the beautiful floating art, like arabato rice inside. And it's smathered with a beautiful light tomato sauce that you need to just keep dipping to your heart's delight. So the rice is definitely textured so wonderfully with this creamy cheese sauce. I didn't get any peas in mine, no peas. but the cheese is, I mean, it's its not overbearing in the rice. It's Yours is broken. You should probably let me finish that. <laughs> and the sauce has just, there's a, a little, I don't want to say, there's not a spiciness to it, but there's a little like zip to it. Yeah. There's a little, little zest to the sauce, yeah. But the inside, the I guess you'd call it the risotto, is hot after the crispy outside, and the and there's not over meat, there's not too much meat inside to overpower. Oh, it's great. And it's as Ashley said, it's cooked to perfection. Yeah. The temperature, heat-wise, too, is perfect. It's not too hot that it's going to burn your tongue, but it's so palatable that when you put it in, it melts in your mouth. Forget everything I said about the salami and cheese. Forget all that nonsense. This is what you need to order when you come here. I now do you see why I had seventeen? They were not this size. Let's be clear. They were more. 17. 
they were more bite-sized, weren't they? They were one-third the size of the real one, yeah. They were like, they were like 17 is a lot. Yeah, but I felt bad because the, the lady was walking. She kept coming back to me with them. I would suggest that you, you really don't come here without ordering this. This is a signature this item the, up there. The and it's probably the, except for a home, it's the best rice bowl you're going to get. I agree. I totally agree. It's like a warm, gooey kiss of cheese and rice, and you can't, you just got to keep wanting more. I would want like six of these. Oh, my God. 18. Bring me a dozen. Can we have a dozen to go? But wait, what I do have to say is I do not like spicy food at all. And the spice that is in this is actually perfect. At the end of eating it, it gives you just enough twang in your mouth. It, it's So I'm going to give you a pro tip. Do you see why I kept the bread on the table? Because now you're going to take that bread and you're going to dip it in the sauce. You want me to show you and say... Yeah, can you just, how's, that, how's that work? It goes like this, like this. Right. And yeah, I'm going to leave you half of this dish. And oh, like that. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's so, oh, I, hold on. Oh, don't go. Don't go. Okay, got it. Oh, my God. I'm so good. Okay, go ahead. I don't want to fill up on bread, but if you insist. No, 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 no. I can make it on the side. You can. You can. Ay, ay, ay. Thank you. The poor guy was taking it. He was taking the dish with the sauce away, and he says, I can bring you a side. And we're like, please, with him. And I did like a little prayer. He was a little frightened because the three of you did sort of like attack him. Like, you can't, what do you look You would think that the world is running out of marinara sauce. But, but when he said he could bring some more on the side, I may have swooned just a little bit. Just, just a wee bit. I'm so happy he's bringing more. You might as well save the bread now until it's going already. So for you, madam, we have the busiate, typically from Sicily. It's, it's with lamb crab, yellow cherry tomato, breadcrumb, and a little bit of lemon zest. For you, madam, in front of you, we have the mezzericatoni alla norma. It's alfricatoni. It's sauteed with tomato sauce, garlic, and the pan-fried eggplant. There is a little bit of chili, and we shave the ricotta salata fresh on top. For you, so here we have the chicken parm. It's a chicken breast, bread, deep fried, with a tomato sauce on bottom, and on top mozzarella cheese and parmesan cheese. And for you, sir, we have another dish from Sicily, which is the incasciata. It's basically mixed pasta. We have between 15 and 20 different kinds of pasta in it. Mozzarella cheese, a piece, and everything is wrapped in the zucchini. All right? Thank you, John. Thank and, you very much. And we got tuna. And tuna. Oh, no. Sorry. This is a grilled fresh high tuna. And on the side, we have a dressing, which is a basil pesto. So it's made with basil, uh, pistachio pesto, sorry, which is made with basil, pistachio, extra virgin olive oil. All right? Thank you. Thank you very much. Manja. Okay. I am so excited. First of all, this, this, I I keep calling it lasagna, but it's not. It weighs about 15 pounds. Like, it's not, it's huge. Okay. Wait, don't don't eat it yet. I, I think... For purposes of, of doing this one at a time, I think we sort of need to all do a little taste of everybody's so we can all talk about the same thing at the same time. Um, and any way that I go to, to describe it is not going to sound as good as him. It is an Italian accent. So, Deanna, you have the, uh, the spiral-shaped pasta with the lump cram. First things first, portion sizes... Um, I think they're very well portion size. Um, if you're not, if you're going to have the cheese board beforehand, the antipast, um, this is definitely probably you probably eat half of mine and bring it home or back to your hotel room and eat it another time if you have if you're able to reheat it or not. Deanna, 
I cheated a little and took a taste first. <laughs> Can I tell you how it tastes? Go ahead. Okay. Actually, dig in while she's... Okay, so, so the, mine has the um, spiral-shaped pasta, lump crab meat, yellow cherry tomato, and parsley. What they forget to tell you is the fabulous lemon zest that you taste that is so refreshing after you take a bite. Um, then they come by with that wonderful, again, Parmesan cheese that they sprinkle all over everything. Where I love to sprinkle Parmesan cheese on everything. I'd even put it on ice cream. So if you get a taste of the yellow tomato, the lemon zest, along with the crab meat and the pasta, it is like that lemon zest is amazing. It is. No, I I can't believe how strong the citrus is on this and how it brings such a good level to the seafood to accompany it. Because you know when you have fresh seafood, you put that extra you know thing of citrus on top of it. And the cheese, it, I I love this dish. It's so light and great. I love it. So I don't know about you, but they usually say that you're not supposed to put cheese with seafood. But I, I put cheese on every dish that I make: shrimp, crab fish, you name it. That just gave me an idea. First of all, I don't like crab. I tasted it anyway. It's delicious. But now I want to go home and make pasta with cheese and lemon. I hate to keep reiterating, but that lemon really makes that too. If you make a dish like that at home, you take your shrimp and orzo pasta with lemon and butter sauce, you make it together, it's really easy in the pan, and you put spinach and and cremini mushrooms. The next live dining review is going to be at Ashley's house. Yeah. So. And Ashley, you know what you should do? Toast some pine nuts and yes. put it in that. Or even some breadcrumbs, uh-huh. panko breadcrumbs panko for the extra crypt to fool yourself in having mac and cheese. That's really good. That's really, really good. Ashley, go ahead and try yours because I want to go ahead and, and try yours. <laughs> but while you do that, I'm going to keep eating. While everybody's distracted by Ashley's, I'm going to have this giant. First of all, look at this huge piece of crab. First off, I love rigatoni because the lines that are in the pasta. With that, it helps absorb more sauce. So you get more sauce per square footage in your dish, number one. Number two, it has a little spice kick to it, but it's light, just like how Deanna said earlier with the different stuff, the sauce. It gives just enough light to give you a zing without overburning your mouth. And the eggplant... I love when eggplant is cooked properly because it can be underdone and it comes chewy and doughy and weird. And this one has been pan fried, so therefore the delicacy of the olive oil in the pan is hit right to put that perfect sear to close in the eggplant. The other thing too, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you, I mean, I'm sure you realize, but sometimes the skin on the eggplant can be so tough. Even when you make, if you don't make your eggplant parm like perfect, the skin can be so tough when you're cutting the eggplant. This skin in this eggplant is like so it's sautéed perfectly that it melts in your mouth. Um, the other thing too is that pasta is cooked al dente, which I absolutely love. It's the only way. It is the only way. I agree because you know when pasta is cooked too much and it's mush, it is fin- absolutely. Yeah. And look at the ragot, the sort of the shaved ragot on top. And how it just, like, delicately melts into that? I was going to cover what they already said. It's hard to add anything. But that uh, pasta, the al dente pasta, and the eggplant, when you taste it, you can tell it's fresh. It's delicious. It's it's sautéed perfectly. The cooks definitely know what they're doing. I've never seen, you know, regatta I always think of as a cream. I've never seen a drier cut regatta. And it's very, it's it's, it's light. It's not heavy at all. But 
now I want to dig into everybody oh, with cheese. I mean, if I'm going to dig into your chicken parmesan, you know I'm going to have it covered in cheese. Let's talk while you're eating, and I'm eating, mm. that it's a huge, flattened chicken breast. I mean, huge. With one little bone in the corner that you can just, you know, cut off or leave for aesthetics, I guess. But it's delicious. It is, right? Look at your face. So, wait a minute. So, how often do you get chicken parmesan, and it's hard, and it's chewy, and it's tough, and it's dry, and it's layered in, in inches of breading? This is the antithesis of that. Yep. It's, you can taste the chicken. You can taste the chicken, which is moist and tender. The breading is almost, you know, it's a, it adds a little bit of flavor to it, but it's so tender. That's the thing that was really surprising to me about that. The breading is delicious. So the trick to this chicken, if you can see, is how they tenderize it. So they definitely tenderize it so it's really, really thin, so that when they're able to put the layer of the breadcrumbs on it, it's cooked to perfection, and it's not that overly breaded. You know, when you get this thick piece of breading on it, it's just a piece of chicken lightly fried with the delicious breadcrumb on it, which is a little bit crunchy, and the cheese on top, perfection. But even with... Because even, look, sometimes you can go to your local pizzeria, you get a chicken farm sandwich, and the, the chicken is, is tough. This is even thicker... And I was really, like, I was, when I bit into it, I took a big piece because, hi, I took a big piece and I was expecting almost a different texture and experience in my mouth than what I got from that chicken. And I don't want to knock something like Tony's Town Square, but if you've had chicken parmesan there, it's acceptable. This is 10 steps above. Oh, it's, a, it's not even close. It's not even in the same conversation. I agree with everything that Deanna and John said, because with chicken... You never get to taste the actual chicken when you have chicken parm. And I usually skip it in, in most restaurants because I've always been disappointed. And with this, I'm not. I'm, I'm really impressed by how they do it, the presentation with the bone-in, too. Most really fancy restaurants do that for presentation. And this is because they actually made it right and tenderized it and flattened it. And that's not easy to do. I guarantee they probably pat-dried that chicken, too, so that the breading would adhere to it better, too, so there's less grease. It's not greasy at all. And I want to be clear. The bone is not in the way of the... It's just in all the way on the end, and... If people are turned off by bone-in chicken, this is not one of those where you can really consider it a turn-off. It's not really right because you're not you don't have to work for you this are, at all. And I'm going to tell you, John, honestly, like when you said you wanted to order it, I'm like, oh man, chicken no. parm. Like that's what you get when you don't know what else to order. I agree. It's all of a sudden, so as well, much well, as I'm a, I mean, of course, I know. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I would come here specifically to order the yes. chicken parmesan because yes. it's so incredibly flavorful because sometimes you order chicken palm too and it's you know again it's a frozen piece of chicken heavily breaded with a very um, pedestrian plain um, sauce to it and this is not it at all for a restaurant like this I also thought they, they wouldn't put chicken parm on the menu because of what you said right. it's the Italian restaurant that you have to have it you know and, and I thought it was what you order when you don't know what else to order. Um, although, again, there's plenty of uh, steak and seafood and other dishes here, too. But that's remarkably good. That is remarkably good. Uh, and we have one final thing, and then we can actually go back and just eat all the stuffs. Okay, wait. So this is the, and you can probably pronounce it better than I can do, Ashley, Encasiata al Forno. <laughs> It's in the red box. Okay. 
En Cassiata El Forno. Sicilian layered baked pasta, meat ragu, peas, zucchini, cavo cavello cheese. So what I love about this is he said there's 15 to 20 different types of pasta. So that's going to, that, were you wowing it in the background? That is delicious. Okay, the smell, number one, you could tell it's, you know, baked in there and it's all cooked together. There's a little bit of a sausage flavor, I would say, with the beef, but it, I, how, I don't know. Oh, that's great. I think the peas really add to it, too. It's a lasagna made with different pastas. So I remember as a kid coming home from school on a Wednesday afternoon, and we used to get out of school early. And my grandmother was always there. My mother worked, so did my father. And she would give us Chef Boyardee. Well, this is Chef Boyardee on crack. Times 100. What? Okay? No, I agree. Because... In a great way. I think you mean steroids, not on crack. But Okay, but the texture, it is so creamy and delicious, okay, that you. I remember, like... It's just so silly. Like, you remember these little things when you were a kid and how, like, comforting that was at that time. Like, this is, like, so delicious and smooth and creamy with the meat and the sauce and the... It's just... It's delicious. I'm sorry. I think out of all the dishes that we had tonight, this, to me, is the most homemade feeling. It gives you a sense of, like, Grandma did make this for you. It was special. Um, I agree with the sausage and the different texture with the peas. And I, I... I think it's like a warm hug. It really, really is. It gets gets nice stick to your bones, kind of in your ribs and stuff. So you know, we talk, we keep using comforting, comfortable. I think that's the second or third time we describe something as a hug, which is one of the things about home cooked food. And, and obviously, I'm biased, but especially the thing about Italian food is it's the way it makes you feel, not just. I ate, I'm full, I'm stuffed, I'm going to go down and fall asleep watching the game on Sunday afternoons at your grandmother's house. But you do. It is that warm and, and comforting and comfortable feel. Without anything feeling overly heavy, I don't think... Because this, you know, you look at it, it feels heavy, but as you're eating it, there's no heavy taste to it. You get the, the variety of textures from the different types of pasta, which have sort of different flavors to them. And the fact that it's wrapped... In that zucchini, there's an element of freshness to it, too. And uh, uh, the meat is not spicy, spiced so, so well. It's, it's, it's absolutely what it is. And it's not an overwhelming sausage flavor, just a little bit. It's and really nice. And you remember how we said that the, 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 the bean soup was that hearty in it? That's hearty. I'm waiting for you to finish so I can steal a little bit more of that. No, go ahead. Dig in, man. I got enough right now. No, listen. I'm never going to finish all this. And look, we still have to try the tuna. You're trying the tuna. Look, I am a... The tuna is on... So this is... Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. I I must be dying. Because all these things are on my death row meal. Because this is exactly how I would lay out my death row meal. If you would have asked me this before, you have the antipast with really good bread. You have... Amazing pizza, uh, pizza, you, uh, amazing uh, pastas, but then I also love, there's nothing better than a really good piece of tuna, and I can just already see it's a thick piece, a light sear on the outside, it's rare in the middle, which is exactly the way tuna is supposed to be served, and then I think he said this was, can you tell me again about the, 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 the this, with the tuna? The it's a pistachio pesto, which is made with crushed basil, crushed pistachio, extra virgin olive oil. 
So I have never had a pistachio pesto before. So the hallmark of good tuna is when you put it in your mouth, how it just melts. And that's exactly what that does. You literally don't need to chew that tuna because it does. It just sort of falls apart and melts in your mouth. Ashley's eyes just rolled back in her head. And that pesto, because you, you don't need the pesto on it. But in terms of, of, uh, of making a, a, a different sort of uh, a flavor and a way to do it, and that lemon, that's, that is one of the nicest piece of tuna steaks I've ever had. So I'm intrigued how they cut the lemon, too. So they cut the end off the lemon. Not like, it's almost like against the, the rind. And it's, it's the perfect way to cut it because you don't have any seeds in it. Like, this is, this is brilliant. It just brought a whole new light to the way you cut a lemon. But I love lemon, and, I'll, and on this tuna, it's a, it's a perfect accent. So, Ashley, have you recovered from your, your tuna steak seizure that you just I, I can't believe this is even happening right now. That was completely delightful, I, every part of it. I love how it has a seared cross pattern on the top from the grill. I think it gives it cool, like, little, you know, thing to look at. But the, it's so light, it's flaky, it just, like, falls apart in your mouth, and it's just like that lemon. I, just a kiss of lemon is perfect. You, It's true, Lou, you don't you don't need the pesto. Yeah. They really don't. It's perfect. You know, when I first tried Deanna's pasta with the crab, I'm like, wow, that's going to be really hard to beat. And then I had the chicken parmesan, I'm like, that was phenomenal. Like, that was so good for chicken parm, just in general. And then I had my... Um, I, I call it my lasagna. And then, what now, of all the things you tried, which was your favorite? That lasagna, whatever you're calling lasagna. Cassiola, blah, blah, blah. That was my favorite, yeah. The Cacciata al Forno. It's a tie for me between my um, rigatoni al Norma and the tuna. I really like both. So it's a tie for me, too, between my crab meat pasta and the tuna. Well, you... I love them all. They're like my children. I love all of you, but I love a couple of you a little bit more. This this Casa del Forno, I think, is just phenomenal. Like, this reminds me of, to your point, like, it's something that I would have had in my mother's, my grandmother's basement. Because she would have made 87 pounds of it, I would eat it for the whole week. And I'd bring it back home, and I'd eat it, like, cold at midnight. That's a phenomenal piece of tuna steak. And, Deanna, I have to tell you that um, your pasta with the crab and lemon was so light and refreshing and incredibly flavorful with, with big pieces of crab meat. crab meat in it that again just fell apart but I also don't want to dismiss your chicken parmesan too. It was good right? For, right. Chi- for chicken parm that's really good. But it's n- not just for chicken parm like it was it was good on its own so much so that I would come here and I would order that even above some of the other things because I plan on coming back here many. What I think is good about that too, let's say you do bring the kids, chicken parm is familiar to them, they might order it, and you can have some of it because it's so huge. I mean, it fills up a, a big plate because they pounded it out thin. I think that could feed two people easily. I would so. say the portion sizes here are very, very generous. So remember, you're in an Italian restaurant. It's going to be a good portion size because everything... But not always. Well, that's that's not, I mean, here it is, but I think is that you can't say you go to an Italian restaurant, you're going to get a generous portion size. I think here you do. I have to agree. 
That's why it's an Italian restaurant, and the portion size is larger because you know that everybody's going to try it, and you want to split. Like, you can come here, have that. I would be happy. I'd come, have a glass of wine with that meat board and split an entree, a nice dessert, and a cappuccino. Done. Yeah, I agree. No, my point was was some restaurants you go to, and the price point might not necessarily reflect what your plate looks like, where you get, you look down, you're like, where's the rest of my food, where it's here... There is an abundance of it. I've had it where they give you four raviolis, like little ones, and you go, oh, my gosh. That's just being mean. But you're not expecting that. At an Italian restaurant, you are expecting big right. portion That's sizes. An That's an appetizer. That's an appetizer when there's only four raviolis. But this, and again, this goes back to, you know, eating at an Italian restaurant back home. That's what your expectation is. When he, you know, you go into a place that is... In a place like Orlando, it's in a tourist place. You're like, well, I'm expecting, I'm not expecting, I'm expecting a much smaller portion. I'm very pleasantly surprised, and I hope that it remains this way um, with the portions being so good and all the dishes being so incredibly fl- You ate all that chicken parmesan? No, I You did. You, I gave you a piece, Indiana piece, don't you? Dare. It was like a little forkful. I ate most of it. <laughs> so this is wonderful, and now we have to just continue and finish it all. Now that we've tasted it. No, we need dessert. Dessert. This yes. is my dessert. Cannoli. Yeah. This is cannoli. 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 This is my dessert. Oh, good. I'm, you, guys, you guys are all done with this? <laughs> so you think. She says we're taking it home. So I don't know how you Gavons are still even thinking about dessert, <laughs> considering how much we just ate. However, uh, they did just bring us out the separate dessert menu with dolce, cafe, and tea. So that they have six different, I'm sorry, five different desserts. They have cannoli with sheep's milk, grogot, chocolate chips, and candied orange at $9. Casata Siciliana is traditional Sicilian regatta layered sponge cake. Enzo's torta is a chocolate and, you got to say it like Giada, mascarpone cheesecake. <laughs> Gelato y sorbetto, they have uh, cream, chocolate, pistachio, limon, lemon, and arancia. And Affogato Vesuvio is crema gelato, espresso, chocolate whipped cream, and white chocolate snow. And tiramisu, he said that wasn't And tiramisu is not on the menu. So there are six things. Which of those, if any or all, are jumping out at you? So I'm a huge tiramisu fan. So I am going to get the tiramisu for all of us to try. Cannoli, 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 cannoli. I couldn't possibly eat a cannoli. Well, you can't get a cannoli, too. You have to get something different. Hold on. So then what else do we all want? Wait, Ashley's upset. Like, oh, wait, you have to have some. I mean, he'll just have a small piece. Let, don't let, let Ashley pick something else. I mean, if you want to get a cannoli, get a cannoli. <laughs> no, no, they're probably big. Let uh, Ashley pick something else then. With no, me. To share. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. But I, I do want her to be able to taste the cannoli. Okay, why don't we just... Why don't we do that? We'll ask him. I didn't him. mean it like that. I, I mean, like, what else would we all do? I know exactly. But I realize... It's yeah. So maybe the 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 casta siciliana. The I thought the chocolate and mascarpone cheesecake. Oh, you just like to say mascarpone. Mascarpone cheesecake. Yeah, that sounds good too. And they also have obviously espressos and cappuccinos. Um, a cafe gretto. Did you ever have grappa? Did you ever have grappa before? Uh-huh. My uncle Ooh. makes it. My uncle makes it for Christmas. He makes. Um, 
he, he mixes it up, but he has the, the grain alcohol, and they add liqueurs to it to kind of lighten it up, like yeah. strawberry and lemon. Papo put hair on your eyeballs. Okay, I want you to say that word, please. Afogato? Now ask me what's going on on Wednesday. I forgot. They don't remember. I forgot. Yikes. There's also five different teas as well. So we'll get a tiramisu, we'll get a cannoli, and the torta. I think they, right. And we'll, we'll ask him if there's anything else that he. Uh, you might be able to bring over like a sampler. That, oh, wouldn't a sampler be nice? We'll take five cannolis straight to five of them to go. Do you have a dessert medley? <laughs> a medley of desserts. Does it come with a doily underneath it. <laughs> you know, it's getting close to the end of the night. You can't keep those cannoli overnight, so just bring us out anything that you have left. The smorgasbord, do you have that? Uh-huh. We'll take that. You know, the, look, and the one thing about cannoli is there's good cannoli and there's bad cannoli. Yes. And it's not just the filling. There's holy cannoli. But, but this, <laughs> this is the best kind. But the, uh, the shell of the, the cannoli is so, so important. It's very important because if you get a stale one or one that's, like, not made in-house, I can tell right away. I yes. can smell a fake cannoli a mile away. <laughs> and let me tell you, I've been to places where they put frosting in as the thing. You look angry. Like, you just got an angry guy. She just got Honestly, don't fake cannoli scene. me. Do not fake cannoli me. <laughs> no, that would be a, fi- a frosting inside the cannoli. I would I throw swear. it at them. Yeah. But that's not good. I'm like, this isn't real. This is, you just fake cannoli'd me. An abbreviated word for fake cannoli. <laughs> you fake cannoli. <laughs> That's going to be the, the hashtag. Is hashtag fake cannoli. So we would absolutely like a dessert, please. We would love a tiramisu. Okay. Um, these two vultures are going to fight over a cannoli. Okay. And we were thinking of the torta, unless you tell me that there's something that we should get instead. Is, okay, instead of the torta, if you want something... Get the affogata di Vesuvio. It's a cream-based ice cream. We make a hole in it. We put one hot espresso, and we cover it with dark chocolate, whipped cream, and white chocolate chips. Yes, please. <laughs> of course. So one cannoli, one affogato, and one tiramisu. D- cappuccino? Wow. Cappuccino? Please, cappuccino, please. Tea? Have a tea. I don't know how we're still eating and ordered more food. However, these are beautiful. One, two, three. We ordered, oh, we did order four desserts, didn't we? Didn't we? we did. And so, again, first things first, I'm, I'm wildly impressed at how large these desserts are. Um, I was actually expecting a much tinier little thing. This, this Afogato Vesuvio uh, looks like, it almost looks like a cup of cream with that chocolate whipped cream up on top, the tiramisu. Now, you're the, you are the cannoli connoisseur, and you're a little bit disappointed that it's closer to John than it is to you. But that's a nice size. So you, can, you said you can tell just by looking. What I see the consistency of that cream already. I can tell that it's real. It's a real cannoli with the ricotta and the mascarpone. I love the candied uh, orange sliver on there. It's going to be epic. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, they're all beautifully presented. So 
where would you like to where would you like to go first? Ladies first. I'll let you I'll let you choose wherever you'd like to. Why don't you start with the cannoli? Because I think that's what you or or should I make you wait? We'll see. You know what? We're gonna save the best for last. We'll let you save the best for last. Go. You know, start from one side and just start working your way down. Thank you very much. That's this is the affogato di Vesuvio, the crema gelato, espresso, chocolate whipped cream, and white chocolate snow on top. Oh, so let's see. Oh. Oh. Oh, stop it. Wait a minute. Now, I've said this ad nauseum, so forgive me. I'm not a dessert guy, but holy smokes. Oh, my God. Wait, dig all the way down. Wow. What the what? That is a... What is in there? Arbacarina. What is that? What's the bottom there? That is... Crema gelato on the bottom. A layer of espresso. The chocolate whipped cream. The layer and the white chocolate soap. The layer of espresso is doing the heavy lifting on that dessert. Oh, the, the espresso is bringing out chocolate flavor even more so. Totally. Wow. This is remarkably wow. delicious. I sort of ordered it we on. Knew we would have gotten that. It almost looks like a cupcake in a cup yes. when it comes out, the pre- presentation. You have no idea that when you mm. break into the center of it, you get this explosion of, of espresso and cream. Oh, that, and so to be clear, this this crema gelato, it is. It's like an ice cream, but but it's a it's a milky gelato. It's delicious. You would expect it to be so sweet, and it is not sweet at all. Look, they're celebrating our dessert. <laughs> I thought they were celebrating that. Oh yeah, when the thing. Oh, it sounded like they were celebrating our. Uh, that's a nice. That's a nice. That's a nice dessert right there. You, I could almost eat the whole thing. Just yeah. eat, right? Yeah. yeah, I love that espresso. The espresso you didn't expect that. That was really good. It's a cold coffee dessert. It is. With there's ice cream under there. There is. Wait. Oh, you didn't dig all the way down to the bottom. As a wise woman once instructed, <laughs> dig a little deeper, and that's when you get to the good stuff. Grandma Odie knows her stuff. Oh, that is amazing. Right? Yeah. No. What is that called? That's the Affogato. Affogato di Vesuvio. Mr. Arigato? What is it? Affogato di Vesuvio. Oh, because Vesuvio is the mountain, the eruption. And it does. And it erupted with coffee. I got it. I see what they did there. But does Affogato mean coffee? Because that would be like espresso eruption. It's delicious. What's Affogato mean? I really, you just got me. You got me. You stumped me. It doesn't matter what it means. We can can ask our server... When it comes over. But let's keep making our way down. So go to the Tiramisu, which, again, is uh, is not on the menu, but, again, a very typical Italian dessert with the layers of lady fingers. Affogato means? It just says an affogato is an Italian coffee-based dessert. So Oh, it's a li- and it's a liquor. It's a liqueur. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no liqueur in here. Oh. So it's just an Italian coffee-based affogato, dessert. Affogato says it is a liqueur, though. That's what affogato is. It's also an Italian and coffee-based dessert. Takes the form of a scoop of vanilla gelato or ice cream topped, drowned with a shot of hot oh, espresso. Some variations include a shot of amaretto. Some. Okay, so you could put fr- and frangelico or, or or. All right, something. ladies, give me a, a tiramisu. 
So it's um, a very light and airy tiramisu. It's not overpowering, overpowering like in their sweetness area at all. The lady fingers are soaked in the um, espresso perfectly. Very good. I'm a, always a big fan of tiramisu because I don't really care for coffee desserts. But this one I like because uh, I feel like it's a good mix with the cream and the coffee, so you're not overpowered. It's a nice light dessert. It's light and fluffy like me, right, John? It's very light and fluffy. That's the only way I could do it. And no, more like me than you. You're not as fluffy as you think. I, um, I embrace my fluffiness. Uh, the third would be... Oh, that's the, the torta, right? The uh, yeah, chocolate and cheese, mascarpone like cheesecake? Cheese it should. Like, oh, I guess, yeah. It, because cake. it is a cheesecake. Is it a lime zest? Oh, it does have a... Yeah. Oh. So, again, adding to the list of things... That we did start with the best one first, I think. I don't know about the cannoli yeah. yet, but that... I forgot. This is going to be really hard yeah. to beat. It's hard it to beat. So, that's a very light, airy cheesecake. It is. It's not a dense cheesecake. There's, there is something... What What am I tasting? There's, I believe it might be graham cracker crumbles on the outside, almost like it's been um, emancipated and just like... You know, pulverizer on the side. And also the cinnamon is a nice touch. Did you get the yes, cinnamon? Totally. Perfect. Nice but what I do like about it is it's not a heavy, like right. a New York style cheesecake. Right. It is a light and fluffy cheesecake. Is that like a little drizzle? I'm just going to... Oh, that's Oh, it's a nice, sweet, dark chocolate on the side. All right. I'll watch the two of you guys. No, this is for you guys too. No, no, no. You guys can just pick it up and eat both ends like Lady and the Tramp. That is a New York cannoli. That's a New York. Cannoli. There's yes, totally a New York cannoli. Orange candy pieces inside. It's like a hidden treasure. Wow. No, um, what you were saying about the shell? That's a fresh shell. Oh yeah. Come on. So yeah, you can see the way it breaks apart. Yeah. And look again, oh, just get some of this chocolate of the. Oh. Right in there. There you go. Oh, it's delicious. Super fresh, super light. Again, it's not a very heavy dessert. It's a big, it's a big cannoli, though. So fresh. Crispy. Such a fresh, crispy shell, which is the essence of it. Because if you get a stale one, it, it ruins the whole composure of the dessert. And the cream is just spot on. It, you can just tell. It just... Yeah. I think they call it cassada cream. Am I correct about that? It is fantastic. And it does taste like I remember from Long Island. Yeah. So the thing about, you know, that a, a good cannoli is that they do make the shells probably on a daily basis, and they actually fill them to order. They don't fill them in the morning, right? It, it's a huge deal with a cannoli because then the shell doesn't get soggy. That is not... That's a, the crispiest right. cannoli. Yeah, they just filled it. Yeah, Nothing better, nothing, nothing worse than a soggy cannoli. I'm, I'm with you. So that being said, as impressed as I am, I can't get away. This Affogato Vesuvio is is incredibly good. And I don't normally like, you know, I'm not a big sweets guy. Um, but that's like the flavor I would want to sit in my mouth, like, yes. to end the night. I did not think you could tell me that there was something better than a cannoli for dessert. The Affogato with the, that coffee flavor is better. A little bit. 
So needless to say, um, I would, I would, and that was the one that he chose for us that we didn't choose. So he he knew. I have to tell you, he he knew. On a great path tonight of culinary delights, that is for sure. Everything he recommended was perfect. And it's important to mention, too, the, you know, you can have the best food in the world, but if the service is bad, it ruins the experience. He was a wonderful server. Look, I love the fact that all the servers here are Italian, that they're from Italy, not just because they have the really cool accents, but they really understand the menu. Um, his recommendations were certainly spot on. And it's because there's such a wide variety on the menu, you can come back here time and again and not have the same. Although it's going to be hard for me to get away from a couple of the things that I had here. So I want you to quickly compose, of all the things we tried tonight, compose your ideal Maria and Enzo's meal. I got it. Starting with the rice ball, I would have had that rice ball all to myself. I wouldn't have shared it with any of you. <laughs> then I would have went on to that lasagna, which isn't called lasagna, something else. That I probably couldn't have finished. And then I would end it with that uh, origato uh, dessert. That would be the ultimate. I wouldn't eat anything else. Okay, so I would have to go with the charcuterie board, which was the antipast. I am a cheese and meat girl from the heart. Okay, there's no around that. Um, the next would be that light and airy pasta with the crab meat, which I absolutely love, along with the tuna steak. Like, I'm a huge tuna fan, and I love fish, so it was very, very refreshing to put the lemon on it with the pesto dressing. It was, it was absolutely scrumptious. And then the cappuccino and this erupting volcano that we had, <laughs> the Vesuvio, uh, Mr. Robato, Amamagato, it was amazing. Okay, so wonderful evening with wonderful friends. It couldn't have been a better evening. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to say the, the rice balls as well as a starter with that antipast. That, with a couple sangrias, I think would be a perfect night because the pastas, although they were awesome, I want to do them separately because I'd rather have, like, all that to myself to be full off that and then come back a second time and treat myself to a pasta dish and then end with a cannoli, of course. Perfect little... Oh, the cheese, everything, I love it. So you started off right, and I and I applaud you, and I would hug you across the table because I don't know why the two of you were limiting yourselves to one appetizer. Like, you did it right. You do the rice balls and the antipast, but then you then you went, you went took a left turn. You also get a pasta, too, and then you also get a dessert. Um, as much... <sighs> I loved your pasta with the crab, and I really... I will come back and have the chicken parmesan because that's probably the best chicken parm I've had since I've been down here. But my layers of pasta with the meat and the zucchini is, a, is especially if you have the, uh, an appetizer, it's enough to eat here and still enough to take lunch home. Tomorrow. Right, which is lunch tomorrow, midnight tonight, call it whatever you want. And this Afogato Vesuvio was just... Wait, what about the rice bowl? You're going to forget about your rice bowl? Oh, no, no, I said I get the rice bowl. Oh, I get the rice bowl and the antipast. Right. That's... Yeah. I was yeah, trying you to condense it. You know, right. it wasn't good. Just because you said, what would the perfect thing be? You know, you got to take a loan out of Capital One if you're going to eat all this. <laughs> Don't they have, they have a little Capital One booth on the way in? Listen, I think it's... Um, I think it was absolutely lovely, and uh, I, I look forward to doing this again. I want to thank Deanna... Ashley, John, first of all, where can they find you? My blog is called acupofcharming.com, and all my social media channels are followed by that, A Cup of Charming. And quick elevator pitch, what will they find at A Cup of Charming? It's a lifestyle blog full of food, recipes, travel, and just fun all-around things. 
Wow, that's, you, you, she got your elevator pitch right down. Big Fat Panda, they can find you at? My shtick is basically a YouTube channel, BigFatPanda.com. Thank you. This is an honor. Every time you ask me to do one of these with you, I hope you never stop, so I have to behave myself. Thank you. And what will they find at Big Fat Panda, other than a big... It's mostly Disney, YouTube, a little bit of me live, a little bit of what you do, but a little different take, but mostly attractions, things like that. Awesome. And you... My friend, our friend, the listener, thank you. I do wish you were here in person sharing this meal with us. And if you have been to Maria Enzo's, I would love to hear your thoughts. You're, better yet, call into the voicemail while you're here. Give me your review, like right, I mean, not a really, not this long of a review, a quick, abbreviated one, 407-900-9391. Uh, and let me know, if, even if you don't call in, let me know if you've been to Maria Enzo's and uh, if so, what you think. Thank you guys again. I thank our, our server, whose name I can't pronounce. Um, thank you very much. We had an absolutely wonderful meal. You were an exceptional server. This was insanely good. The one that we did in order turned out to be our favorite. You were right on point. It is one of the, absolutely. Absolutely. We will be back. We will be back again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, if they just had a little room, like, oh, if the first class lounge had, like, big comfy couches and blankies, that's... Right to sleep here, and they have breakfast here. I bet you they have nice eggs here in the morning. Oh, if they could do... Wait a minute. Maybe I need to reach out to them to see if we could do, like, a Maria and Enzo's, like, we'll do an event here, like a slumber party. Yes. And we'll stay over. There's plenty of room. (laughs) Bring your own sleeping bag. That's not even. We could probably pull that off. This was lovely. This was really, really lovely. But I, I do need a nap. That's why. And, and bigger pants. I need a nap and bigger pants. And a little, just a little more of this. Go, girls. Ashley was eating very daintily until we, she thought we ended. And then she just dug into the cannoli, like as though the guilt was gone and she, nobody was looking. We know what you're about now. Well, no, she I'm saw that she turned away and she's like, I'm getting yeah. this while he's, not, while he's not paying attention. Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear, sometimes in what you remember, sometimes in what you taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online forum for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So over the past few weeks, we've been talking about Marvel and the Avengers and my interview with Kevin Feige and how that movie and what has been leading up to it might be affecting the Disney theme parks in the future. And we know that the first attraction in Walt Disney World 
which is going to be based on characters and stories from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, which is coming to Epcot. I mentioned how you can currently meet Star-Lord and Groot over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but your question last week was to tell me, at one point, you could meet another character, actually the first character, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the Walt Disney World parks. So I asked you last week to identify who was that character that for a brief time, not too long ago, you could meet in the Walt Disney World theme parks. I want to thank more than the thousand of you that entered, got this one correct, and knew that it was, of course, Doctor Strange. Oh, I, we're using our made-up names now. Um, back in October 2016, Pixar Place was briefly renamed Bleecker Street in New York City, where you could not only meet Doctor Strange, but that story really sort of took place. And if you looked around carefully, you'd see newspaper stands with the Daily Bugle, like from Spider-Man, and that also referenced Nelson and Murdoch attorneys at law from Daredevil. And Doctor Strange didn't just do a regular meet and greet, but like the Jedi Training Academy, recruited some kids to come and learn some of the ways of the mystic arts, some Eye of Agamotto illusions, and the same way that Strange was instructed by the Ancient One, he was imparting that knowledge on some kids about five times or so per day in front of the facade of a bookstore. Kids would learn how to recite spells, do some of those cool, funky, mystical hand gestures, and when they did it correctly, there were some pretty cool sound effects and, and visual effects like fog, and then Doctor Strange would obviously hang around to not only pose for photos with his students, but any other, any other kids or kids at heart that wanted to take photos as well. So I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week, you could win the 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, both of which, by the way, still on sale at the WW Radio shop. You can also get them on Amazon. You're also gonna get a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some stickers, a pop socket and stand for your phone, and a randomly selected shirt from the WW Radio collection. It might be a logo shirt, a Disney shirt, a Doctor Strange shirt, a Marvel shirt, some retro shirts. There are thousands of designs there. If you go to www.radio.com slash shirts, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Anne Levitt. So, Anne, congratulations. You've used the online form, so I have your shirt size and your mailing address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, I'm going to see how well you pay attention to something you've probably seen and heard in the past, but let's see how well you actually listened to what you were hearing. Because still, to this day, one of my favorite bits of unique entertainment and entertainers is Sunny Eclipse over in Tomorrowland. He sings, he tickles the ivories of his astro organ, he's got great backup singers, but your question this week is to tell me, what planet is Sunny Eclipse from? He says it multiple times during his set, so that's all you need to tell me this week. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, May 6th, to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online entry form there. Again, you're going to play for the book, the tours, the Magic Band covers, the sticker, the pop socket, and I'm going to send you a WW Radio logo shirt from our collection. So good luck and have fun.
that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to be part of the conversation and more importantly, the community and family by going to www.radio.com slash community and joining our Facebook group there. Come by, introduce yourself, make yourself at home. There's plenty of snacks in the fridge. And more importantly, be part of the ongoing discussions or start your own about anything you want to talk about in the Disney world, including Marvel and Star Wars. Anyone and everyone is welcome. And more importantly, I want it to be a place that you can consider and call home. Again, go to www.radio.com slash community. I also want to thank everybody for the wonderful feedback on our last few shows about our countdown to Avengers Infinity War and my one-on-one conversation with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige last week. For those of you who have seen or will by just a couple of days, Avengers Infinity War, I, I think we need to discuss again together as a group, as a community, as a family, and not just maybe me broadcasting my thoughts or live reading your comments like on a Wednesday night live show, but I think we did an actual group video debrief slash therapy session. So this Wednesday, May 2nd, and we're going to do something a little bit different than our regular weekly Facebook live show on Wednesday nights. For those of you that are members of the WW Radio Nation and the Box People group on Facebook, again, www.radio.com slash community, I want to do something that we've never done before. I want to host a group video discussion where you can be part of the conversation on video. So to facilitate discussion and reduce the possible amount of chaos there could be, I have to limit the number of participants to less than 100. So if you have seen Avengers Infinity War and want to be part of the very spoilerific conversation, please visit, again, or join the WW Radio Box People group on Facebook at, Facebook, at www.radio.com slash community. There, I'm going to post a link on Wednesday to when, where, and how to join the conversation on Wednesday, May 2nd at our normal time of 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And while I normally host monthly video group calls like this for members of the WW Radio Nation exclusively, I really want to invite all of you to be part of this week and maybe join us on future Nation calls as well. So again, if you've seen Avengers Infinity War and want or need to discuss it with others, I hope to see and hear you as we assemble this Wednesday. Again, go to www.radio.com slash community. I'll post a link in there to the event where you can sort of sign up and let us know that you're going to be coming. Look forward to seeing you then. Speaking of community and friendships and the nation, I want to thank all of the members of the WW Radio Nation family, including some new members and long-term members like Peter Brown, Ronald Webstedt, Catherine Machowski, Michael Pope, Joseph Kalinsky, and Christine Kronowski. I really appreciate all of you and the love and the support that you give, not just to me, but really to help WW Radio. Again, to find out more, to be part of the nation, go to www.radio.com support. You'll find out how you can get exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group there, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, backpacks, those live video group calls every month, early access to special events, which is going to become very important over the next few months as I announce some upcoming events coming to Walt Disney World and maybe some other places as well. And also don't forget that a portion of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, in the interest of continuing to facilitate family, community, conversation, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you want me to answer on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. Or more importantly, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 with a question, a comment, 
Anything about this show, a past show, anything that you want to share, or even just a hello from the parks. Again, it's 407-900-WDW1. I'd also love to hear from you. Keep these conversations going online. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And please make sure you like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash Radio. And it's important that you like the page and turn on notifications and see first, because as much as I love connecting with you online, I think that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World, as well as other in-person special events. Thanks to everybody who came out to the meet of the month at Disney's Hollywood Studios this past week and or joined us to watch Avengers Infinity War last Saturday night at Disney Springs. It was a great time. And then, you know, the fun didn't stop as we stayed in Disney Springs late, late night. I don't have May's exact date, time, and location set yet. It will most likely be, but don't hold me to this, May 12th, but stay tuned. But I am super excited to announce and share something and wanted to let you guys know first because I've been invited to guest host the Saturday Night Shine Party at Chef Art Smith's homecoming in Disney Springs on Saturday, May 26th from 10 p.m. to close. I love late night dining, obviously, especially at Disney Springs where they really kind of kick things up a notch. They've got their full menu, special appetizers, shine on tap cocktails for $10, live music, a lot of Southern hospitality as well. You can reserve your table for Saturday, May 26th, starting at 10 p.m. by going to www.radio.com slash Saturday Shine. And if you go to our Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community, you'll find a link there to an Eventbrite page where you can register for a chance to win some free giveaways, appetizers, shirts, and more. Again, this is Saturday night, May 26th from 10 p.m. to close at Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. Again, make reservations by going to www.radio.com slash Saturday Shine. You don't need any special tickets. There's no fee to attend, but I'd love to see you guys out there again Saturday, May 26th. I do have other events coming up in Walt Disney World and on the road. And if maybe I can come to your event to maybe speak about Disney, customer service, building community, social media, new media, lots of other topics as well, go to LouMangelo.com. And visit the speaking page for examples of some of the topics that I can speak about to your event, to your corporation, to your school. And if I can help you turn the thing that you love, right, the same that you've done for me, turn that thing that you love into that thing that you do. You can find out how I can work with you with small group mentoring, one-on-one coaching, or more importantly, I'd love for you to come to my Momentum Weekend Workshop Saturday and Sunday, October 6th and 7th, right here in Walt Disney World. It's a two-day event limited to just 50 people. We're almost about 50% sold out where like-minded people come together in an intimate setting to learn, share, discuss, troubleshoot. More importantly, me and the other speakers and other attendees want to help you make real changes to your life and your business with brainstorming and sharing and education, accountability, and lots more. To find out more, go to lumangelo.com slash momentum. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin and her entire team over at Mouse Fan Travel. I have been so pleased and honored to be able to not only recommend them for nearly a decade, but more importantly, use them myself. And remember, every time you book through Mouse Fan Travel, it comes at no cost to you, but you do get that exceptional level of personal service and gives us all the warm and fuzzies as well. Of course, go to celebrationspress.com to subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, the last few days and weeks, really, you continue to show this and demonstrate this in so many ways and I am humbled and honored and all I ask is that if you like the show and I hope that you do 
please help spread the word, right? I want to, to bring more people into this community, into this family, not by placing ads. Or, I want it because I want you to help bring in people that you think or you know would fit in and feel right at home in part of this community. One of the ways you can do it is not only tweeting out and sharing links to this your favorite episodes, but if you go to iTunes and leave a rating and review, that is a really great way to help. It takes only about 30 seconds. I want to thank some recent reviewers, including Tom Granby from the United Kingdom, who says, simply the best. Now I hear Tina Turner singing that in my song. Wait, he's from the United Kingdom. Now I hear Tina Turner singing, simply the best, bit with a British accent. He says, Lou does a fantastic job bringing the magic of the Disney park straight to your ears. The podcast is perfect for both first-time park goers and the well-established fans of the theme parks and resorts. From fun and informative top 10 lists to reviews of new and established attractions or restaurants inside the parks, Lou manages to keep you well-informed on all that's happening to the world at Disney. Every episode is thoroughly entertaining and gives you a little bit of Disney magic that we all need to help the time before our next trip to the parks fly by. Not only is it the best Disney podcast, but it's also right up there with some of the best podcasts around, period. Wow, thank you. Thanks for everything you do, Lou. Hearing you, hearing your story is truly inspiring and has helped to push me towards achieving my own dreams. I love that, Tom. I appreciate it, brother. Lord 828 says, it's the best podcast. And as being a former Disney cast member, being back in Virginia, I need my Disney fix every week. Lou makes you really jump back into the Disney world. And not only that, but the community that he's helped create makes you feel the magic always. Hoping to get in enough shape to join the WWE running team. Awesome, brother. So I can really go headfirst into the community. Thank you for all you do, Lou. Your knowledge of Disney and your excitement for everything makes every day I listen a better day. Wow, that's awesome, man. Uh, I hope to run into you when I'm down there in June. Boathouse apps on me. Listen, I was going to say you had me at Boathouse, S-Lord, but you had me at community and just the fact that it makes you happy. So thank you, brother. Laughing all the way says a diamond in the rough. This podcast is the best discovery I've made in years. I look forward to each and every episode full of humor, fun, and great Disney facts. Lose an inspiration to follow your dreams. And this podcast radiates the happiness he feels for all things Disney. WWE Radio is an amazing source for history, travel tips, and food. Oh, the food. So laughing all the way, S. Lord 828 and Tom Gramby, I really appreciate you and everybody who has rated and reviewed the show again. Go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for instructions and a link on how to do it. And in the continuing, I don't even know the word to use, a continuing uh, fallout, the excitement, whatever, from Avengers Infinity War. I was thinking about, you know, some quotes from some of my favorite superheroes. And Iron Man is one that came to mind. And he said, heroes are made by the path they choose not the powers they are graced with. And what I take from that is you don't need superpowers. You don't have to be bitten by a radioactive spider or have a suit of armor to be a hero. We all have opportunities to be heroes, big and small, every single day for other people. And uh, if we all did that, if we all sort of made those little efforts every day to try and be a hero for somebody else, man, this world would be a much better, much happier place. And I appreciate you so very much. Thank you again for the love, the support, the friendship you extend me. You fill my heart and you fill my cup. And if there's ever anything that I can do to repay that gift to you, please let me know. But in the meantime, I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya.
Hey there, it's Ron Collins from Moline, Illinois. Hey, I've been, I want to thank you for all the uh, Avengers Infinity War hype. Uh, get me all pumped, all jazzed. My family and I have our tickets here in Moline, Illinois as well to watch the movie. Uh, I wanted to thank you for the update on all that two-part episode. Also, uh, two of the other Marvel nerds. Uh, right now, though, I would like to pass a message on to Kevin Feige. Uh, Kevin, I know you listen to WDW Radio, and I have a suggestion for you. Put Lou in a movie. Put Lou into a Marvel movie. Most likely, hopefully, the next Spider-Man movie. That would make Lou's day. I think it would be great, and all of the WDW uh, fans could go see the movie and watch for Lou's cameo. I mean, it'd be fun just to have Lou in an elevator. Spider-Man walk in and say, how's it going? And have Lou say, hi. And that's all you got to do. I think that'd be fun. All right. Thanks, Lou, for all you do. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is John from Jackson, Mississippi. Long-time listener, and recently was just listening to the uh, podcast to preview Infinity War. And specifically got interested in the part about how could Disney World incorporate Marvel into it with the problems going on with Universal. That really got me thinking, thinking about how the Tower of Terror ride in Disneyland is being it was reskinned into Guardians of the Galaxy, and the rumors of Ellen's Energy Ride having the same thing done to it in Epcot, and it really got me thinking: How could Disney do this? And like y'all wanted, have an entire park, and could it be done on the cheap? Specifically, could you reskin an entire park? And that brings me to. Epcot presents the Stark Expo. Epcot looks like the Stark Expo, and Howard Stark looks like Walt Disney. If you can't use Tony Stark, then use Howard Stark. Have him open the park in the morning and use the the speech from Iron Man 2. Also tie in the nighttime fireworks to the opening of Iron Man 2 with the fireworks show. You can add the Guardians ride as rumored to Ellen's Energy Adventure. Have Guardians characters for now, plus other characters not used by Universal, like Howard Stark, Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury, maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp, Black Panther and Hawkeye. You can reskin some of the rides on the cheap, such as Groot's Living with the Land, Howard Stark's Test Track, or Rocket's Missing Space. In the World Showcase, add Easter eggs and usable characters to the places where they seem to fit, such as Black Panther in Africa. Agent Carter in the UK, Thor's Hammer and Agent Coulson in Mexico, a frozen Captain America shield in Norway or Canada, Howard Stark and retro shield agents in the US, maybe even reskin China or Japan to be Nepal to fit in with Doctor Strange. Then add a modern US to the world showcase to make a New York City like you wanted, or even just add a New York City area separate from all of that. They could use the New York City backdrop from Disney Studios that was taken down for Star Wars and add a Stark Tower to it, and then just add storefronts and eateries like the Sandwich Shop from Spider-Man or the Shawarma Shop from the Avengers. In that area, you could have current S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Nick Fury walking around. At the entrance to the park, have an infin- Infinity Gauntlet area where you buy an empty gauntlet and six tickets. A short cameo from Benicio Del Toro and Jeff Goldblum, 
say to go to different areas of the park to exchange your tickets for Infinity Stones to fill your gauntlet, such as the Time Stone in Nepal, the Space Stone at the Guardian's Ride, or the Soul Stone in Africa. It's like drinking around the world, but collecting instead. I think they could use the movies and the actors, if not the characters, to use that in their favor in the short term, like an interactive IMAX theater with short versions of the films and elements like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or A Bug's Life for Interactivity, a Marvel great movie ride inspired by Marvel, a walk of fame in front with handprints from the actors from the movies, a super story museum like Star Wars Launch Bay, a Stan Lee's mega comic shop, Move the old Honey, I Shrunk the Plate, the kids' playground, and put an Ant-Man movie sign in front of it. Now the retro World's Fair feel that seems to be a detriment to Epcot works in its favor. You can also update the World's Fair theme on the cheap. Have a D23 pavilion. Disney has a relationship with Apple, so have a futuristic Apple store. Have a trade pavilion for major expos that move their stuff there every year from their conferences instead of just throwing it away like South by Southwest, E3, CES, or Comic-Con. They could even host an upcoming World's Fair and keep all the good elements um, instead of just throwing away them as temporary. Um, I know that the World's Fair isn't what it once was, but the original Ferris wheel stayed up for years and the Eiffel Tower is still standing. If you do this, you still have Frozen, The Seas with Nemo, and Soren to keep everyone who's not a Marvel fan interested until Captain Marvel, Black Widow, and the female team-up movies come along. Then you just add characters and rides as the rights change and the Fox deal finalizes. Thanks for everything you do, and hope to bump into you next time in, I'm in Orlando. Bye. You know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having 12% of a moment.